fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. This is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology and makes it a reality. We do that. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon. Great to be here, Dan. I'm very excited to be revisiting the world that Wanda created. As you know, this is some of the most exciting physics I've ever seen, but it's going to take a calm, cool, collected approach, I think. So I'm going to try and keep my excitement under control. I think you need to for this, Den, and this requires the utmost seriousness because we had to send our enigmatic engineer, Ben Siepser, back out into the field. Ben, did you arrive at the anomaly safely? Yes, for this wandendum, I have returned to the anomaly, and our readings are indicating even more strongly that there's a new universe here that has formed inside of our own. Well, as you can see, Ben lost the bet because he's the one who was forced to say Wandendum, uh, which, of course, is, is what we are talking about. It's the WandaVision addendum. This is a quick little addendum uh, to our great WonderCon panel on the science of WandaVision, where we talk about everything, the anomaly. Uh, we talk about uh, the abiogenesis, all this great stuff, which you can find on the YouTube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. We got a playlist there for all this stuff. So we're going to dive right into that. But before we do, I want to quickly, guys, talk about something. Uh, I got to make I got to make you guys make good on my promise, which was to discuss some of those cool little commercials that we see in the videos. So I'm going to quickly go over what I noticed because I think that they are the key to this world, to WandaVision. First of all, they're all period accurate, both in style and product. They have the same five actors are on the show. We've got an older white male. We've got an older white female. We've got a youngish teenager black female. We've got an even younger male female. I can't quite tell, but that's going to be important because I believe that each one of these people represents somebody else. And then, of course, we've got a black and white labradoodle. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of themes that go throughout this, including the multiple appearances of clocks, all of this stuff. But without getting too heavy, which ones did you guys like the best? That's what I want to know. Then, and I'm going to ask you first. Well, I have to admit, it was tough. First time through, I think I liked anything that mentioned Hydra because those were the references I could catch. But in watching it again, I really liked the paper towel episode um, because I had to go to the internet to learn this. I, I know people will be disappointed. But Lagos, the brand name of the paper towels, was one of the messes Wanda was involved in in Civil War. And that overly subtle connection for those of us who are too old to remember names, I felt was really good. And I just love paper towels. I think they're amazing and the way they pick up liquids. Um, so there you go. That was my favorite one. <laughs> paper towels won out. I love it. What about you, Ben? Well, first, I got to I gotta love the paper towels just because clearly they were on Wanda's mind. And it's nice to know that a superhero, even a superhero, worries about uh, the absorbency of paper towels. Uh, but I think from my perspective, I really liked the first one, the toaster, just because of the sheer audacity of the engineering that's going on in th that toaster. Being able to vertically toast pies, open-faced cheese sandwiches, and, and all sorts of other things that have no right to be cooked in a vertical toaster. Uh, you know, I got to give props to uh, the Stark 
industries for making such a great device. <laughs> I think that's great. You almost have to adjust gravity because as we all know, melted cheese does flow downwards. So I think I'm with you on that. I like that one because that's also one of the times where we see two clocks in two different shots at the beginning. I don't know what it means, but but I think it's very important. My favorite was the Yo Magic Claymation yogurt commercial, mostly because I think that that is almost the most confusing. I had a hard time figuring out what it meant. I think it has something to do with her magic potential and not being able to get into it is she going to you know is she is she whisk, you know uh, withering away by not accessing her magic i don't know there's something to that but that's the one i really liked and i want to give you very quickly as we wrap this up if you're watching this and i want to know what you guys think i really believe that the four people that are represented in these commercials represent the four people who in some ways aren't constrained by wanda's control over the anomaly, over that in that new reality in there. And I think that the 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 older man and woman are Wanda and Vision. I believe that the young black woman is Rambo. And I can't quite tell if the other person is Agnes, because all four of those people do not seem to be under the control of the anomaly at some point throughout. Obviously, Rambo is in the beginning, but she kind of can get around that. So that's my point. That's all I want to say on that. Let's move on to the anomaly itself. We talked about this a lot in the other episode, but I think we really want to talk about this idea that it is a reality within a reality. Uh, ben, I know that this was kind of something you came up with. Uh, w- let's talk about this a little bit further. What do, you, what do you want to say about this? In the show, they talk about how the 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 signal they they first find looks like the cosmic microwave background radiation which is what we see when we look into space we see this very uh low frequency radio uh image of the big bang essentially and in a sense they're saying there's been another big bang here there's another universe here and we are seeing its energy And so in my mind, that means there is another universe and that the hex, the anomaly is another universe that has formed within our own universe. And, you know, as we kind of discussed and went into this in more detail, I think it's really important for everyone to go back and review the details by watching the WonderCon panel. But at the high level, you know, people talk about pocket dimensions, alternate dimensions, and a pocket dimension just in the end cannot explain all of the interesting physics of people going in and out of this. Two overlapping space-times. One is our space-time and one a very small, confined space-time that have very similar but slightly different physical constants overlap with each other is really, I think, the best explanation overall of everything that happens. And so um, that's the high level, I think, summary that is really important for people to understand. Well, one of the things I'm curious about, because as we talk about our universe, right, uh, from what I understand, Den, and you can probably correct me here, is that our universe is supposedly expanding into nothingness, right, or, or, or that kind of idea. Uh, is it possible that our universe is actually expanding inside of another universe, like how this works, except on a much larger scale, uh, uh, that, and we're not as immediately close to that membrane to go back and forth between the two. Well, you know, really when we think about it, we gen- our standard picture of cosmologies, if there's other universes, they're sort of separated. They're like independent bubbles expanding. But you could imagine that they expand close to each other. 
really these are quantum fluctuations of space-time. You get little bubbles of space-time here and there. And very rarely, I've never seen anyone talk about a fluctuation of a universe over a universe. But that's fundamentally what a space-time singularity is. You know, we usually think of it as a black hole where everything gets absorbed in and nothing escapes. Um, this, I, I would argue, is an example of another type of singularity of space-time where you do get this separate overlapping. In our universe, because of a lot of other factors, is probably just its own space-time expanding where it is, and Wanda has created her own over it. But as you said, Dan, once we start exploring this idea of overlapping space-time, who knows what's happening with ours? No, I think that that's right. And I think, you know, the membrane around it, I think, is very key. And I, I don't know that we got into it as much as I would like to in our, in our panel, but you know, we, we see Rambo get expelled through it. We see Vision try to, you know, try to break through it. We then see Rambo walking through it later on. We see a truck that gets turned, you know, partly into our reality's version of it, and then it gets altered into another version of it. It's said that these things, that, that this membrane can rewrite your molecules, you know, you know, rewrite your cells down to the molecule, I should say. Uh, this was very intriguing for me, especially as we talk about a world within a world. Uh, ben, what did you think about this particular aspect of it. Well, it could even be going deeper than that. One, one thing about universes is it's possible that they're created with different cosmological constants. So, you know, oftentimes you'll hear about how the constants in our universe are perfect and that's how like gravity works and that's how electricity and magnetism works. So there's this interesting thing that if you're crossing this barrier into truly another universe, um, you could be even transiting into a different set of gravitational constants. Gravity could work differently in there. Electricity and magnetism could work differently in there just because the base physics of the universe is different. And what I would do, what I, I would take this a little bit one step farther from what um, Ben laid out, Dan. I would say, again, it's two overlapping universes with constants are slightly different. And anyone who's played a musical instrument and tuned by what's known as the beats... You know, this is what the orchestra does, right? If you play one in one note and you're playing almost the same frequency but slightly different, there's this wah, wah, wah that happens. That's a technical term there, right? And people use that. I assumed. I assumed, yeah. You know, people use that to tune to the exact same frequency. And that's how you want to think about it. You've got two overlapping universes with slightly different frequencies that create these beats and changes in structures. And I think that's what's going on to people um, at the molecular level, they're living with two sets of constants that are almost the same, but not quite. And that creates these interesting effects. That's why you don't just die, right? Because it's close enough that you're still alive. But that slight difference is creating these interesting interference effects. Well, that's also because that's also how we explained runes and magic, which I thought was interesting. So you're saying that it's these differences and frequencies. Is that what is that what creates the membrane? Because it's you know, just as a, an outside observer looking at that, it seems like that that membrane, that thing that keeps the world separate and keeps those constants separate, and then when we separate, and then when we see them break down later on, it allows people to travel in without really having to be adjusted by those those um, you know the new physical realities of that. Is that what you're saying? Is that what creates the membrane, Denon? Well, the membrane really is just the end of the space time she created, right? If you think about it, our space time is expanding. Um, she actually has some control over it and how far a universe can expand fundamentally depends on the initial energy involved. So she can't create an infinite amount of energy. She does, well, maybe she can, we don't know. She's super powerful. But for this particular act, she clearly uses a finite amount of energy 
and her universe is only so big. And that sharp boundary is where her space-time ends. And so, yes, in that way, the membrane, the boundary, is where you first experience any of these interference effects and you cross over into this dual reality. She obviously puts energy into it later to make it get bigger. She also takes energy out to shrink it. And as you said, she breaks up um, the space-time in interesting ways to let people in and out. So that boundary is really why I think there's just two overlapping space-time, and when the one ends, everything becomes normal again. Yeah. The the two overlapping also kind of explains why things that were created wholly inside the pocket universe, such as the house, vision, and the kids, uh, disappear. There's no underlying original matter on them to still exist when the pocket universe disappears and recollapses into the singul- singularity of like the energy inside of Wanda. They, they are absorbed back into that because there is no universe one uh, material to them. It's all universe two. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think when you have these two different realities, uh, one of the things that kind of struck me that, that I want to figure out how to explain is how did people maintain their cognitive autonomy, Right. Like how, how did some people how were they conscious of what was going on and other people were kind of zombies? You know, it, it vision seems to be more naive. He's not really controlled by Wanda. His, his mind is not really controlled by Wanda. He may he doesn't know what's going on and he stumbles across it, but he doesn't need to be adjusted. Um, you know, Agnes, we le- learn later on, she's able to kind of wander around and she's pulling a lot of the strings of what's going on here. Obviously, Wanda is outside of that as well. And Rambo later on kind of is able to break that chain or, or break the, the strings to for, for that. How does that work? That's really a question that I was trying to figure out. Um, how do they? Rem- how does that? How do they separate from that? Then, do you have any idea for the, how that works? Well, yeah, I think that goes to maybe sort of shielding and tuning these interference effects, right? So, um, you know, Agnes clearly, we know magic in this world is just another sort of science that's more advanced than what we think of. So, Agnes probably knows how to control kind of and manipulate slightly different space times with slightly different constants. She's aware of what's been created. She probably, you know, purposely creates some protection to shield herself from these effects. Kind of like the reason, you know, people wear aluminum and tinfoil hats to protect themselves from alien signals. Um, She does a similar shielding. Rambo, we see, goes through a very interesting process, right? The second time through the barrier, she is more cognitively aware Um, And there is clearly something else that goes on for her. Something is triggered or awakened. Um, I don't know. We're going to hopefully learn more. I don't know if that comes out of past experiences with Captain Marvel. You know, the fact that maybe she experienced the the snap and had turned to dust and came back allowed her to access perhaps maybe slightly different constants or the fact that she'd already been through once and rewritten, right? She is one of the only people who comes out and goes back in. And maybe that sets up some additional interference that allows her to keep her her mental processes. So I'm a little more, um, she's trickier. I think Agnes is a little more straightforward. I don't know, Ben, what do you think about those two? I think it's really the second one. So Rambeau, as she, she's already been through once. So I think because she's been through once, she's able to kind of, the, the, the barrier of the hex, this protection spell that kind of keeps the universe separated, I think it kind of recognizes her as part of the universe already. So it decides it doesn't need to rewrite her again. Um, the fact that she went through the snap, I don't, I don't think that's it. Because I imagine on average, half of the people in Westview would have been snapped as well. 
So it seems unlikely that that would have been the case. Uh, I think it really has to do with the fact that she went through again. And when she got expelled, Wanda didn't undo anything as she got thrown out. She was still in effectively her hex form on her way out just without the mind control. I think that's an interesting point. And I think it leads me to another question, which is, you know, this is about rewriting reality. And so there's this kind of this old adage, this old, I don't know if it's an unanswerable question, but, you know, if you have an antique treasure chest, let's say, and, you know, as it slowly starts to wear and tear, you restore it, you replace different things, you know, when does that treasure chest, when does that piece of, you know, old material stop being its old self? Is it when the last timber is replaced and it's all new stuff? Uh, you know, the same thing happens in your body. You know, I think every, I'm making this up, pulling this right out of my keister, but I think every seven years, every cell in your body, I think except for your brain, has been replaced. So, uh, you know, what I'm, well, the question I'm asking is, is Rambo even Rambo anymore? You know, she's been snapped and reduced to nothing. Everyone, we see everyone turn to dust, and then she has reformed. She has gone in and out of the anomaly several times and has had her DNA rewritten. You know, at what point are you no longer the same person you were and are a completely different person, despite the fact that you look and maybe even think the same way? You know, I think that that might be a philosophical question. Uh, I'm curious what you think, Denon. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Dan, because for Rambo, I hadn't even been thinking of it. And it's a valid question. Is she still herself? But clearly um, for her, I think there's a continuity of memories. And clearly the the show, when you look at the two visions, really points to the continuity of memories as being key to who you really are. And and when the visions have that argument of who's the true vision and whether or not the one, the new vision who came in can kill like the old vision, well, the old vision points out he's not really vision because he doesn't have all of the memories because he was created new. So I think for Rambo, she has all of her memories and there's a continuity of them. And so I say... You know, the, the body's just a shell, and it's your memories that are your core self. So I'm going that she's still herself. A vision raises those interesting questions, but answers them for me. That's where I went. I don't know. Ben's really our, our, our what did we call you? Uh, a neuro uh, engineer. He's the brain man. Um, so you might be able to answer this better. <laughs> ben, ben Brainman is what we like to call him. Yeah, br- Brainman Ben. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think, I think. Th- it's, it's a truly a, a fascinating philosophical question. And that's, I think, why the visions argue about it. It's such a fun thing. Like, who, who are you? Are you you once you're seven years old and all your cells are different, except for, say, your brain? You know, that, that's a tough call. I, but I think the continuity of memory is, the, is that important thing. Uh, we are our brains. We are the electrical impulses in our brain. It's the same thing if you... If you if you lose your memories, I don't think you're really there anymore. So, you know, if you when Vision reactivates or gives his, you know, when 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 created Vision gives returns the memories to, uh, gosh, uh, sword sword Vision, rebuilt Vision, rebuilt Vision, <laughs> restored restored Vision, restored Vision. You know, he becomes Vision again because he's been given back his memories and thoughts. And it's just that that is who you are. That is that is the true vision is that set of memories inside that true body of him. Now, without the Mind Stone, you can still make the argument that's not really him because he doesn't have the power still. But that's a different argument, I suppose. No, but I think that that's a great point because, you know, 
vision is different because you can just have his memories programmed back in. You can just download them, you know, off a, you know, I mean, that's what he did. He downloaded them from the previous vision, essentially, right? And I think that that's what makes him really interesting. And in some ways, you know, as you know, as we look into the future technology, that's what people are saying is what we're going to be. We're going to download ourselves onto a USB card and then, you know, upload it to another body or up to an inter, you know, up to a database or whatever. Uh, you know, and I think that's an interesting right. point. And, and it brings us to the visions, which I think is that we have to talk about that is, you know, we have these two visions and they do get into a little bit of a tussle. And, and what I like is, Ben, you, you kind of made this point was that created vision, you know, Wanda's vision has a different set of powers in some way because she was he was really created in Wanda's image. And then you have the, you know, the restored vision, the revision that, uh, you know, was put together by the actual physical counterparts in our reality, that the white vision. Um, he has a different set of powers. Uh, they all seem to both use that phasing thing that kind of that which makes for some really fun, you know, kind of kind of moments. But that, you know, that is really something I want to talk about. And then I know you're excited about vision. Um, what, what was your favorite part of all this? Well, really, it's the phase that you mentioned it. I've always, as you know, I, I love Star Wars and I love lightsabers. I'm still trying to figure out how to build mine. I never could understand why in a lightsaber battle, you just didn't turn your lightsaber off and on um, so that they couldn't parry it and you went right through. Like it seemed to be something that should be used at some point. Um, and the visions do this, right? They use the phasing in such clever ways, but they also seem to use it to trap each other, right? There's just a lot of interesting, um, if you think about if you actually could phase through something, and the physics of that is very, very challenging. You know, people always talk about quantum tunneling and you think about making connections. But if you actually can control that, what does that mean for a fight? Like, and can you control, are you just controlling your own um, matter and behavior, or are you actually controlling the things you're phasing through? So are they controlling each other or themselves? Um, I, found, I found that aspect of the battle completely fascinating. I thought it was choreographed incredibly well. I, I'm actually, we don't usually break the fourth wall. I was fascinated by the technology of how you make that, um, even though it's probably just CGI and actually easy. But in my head, I'm like, wow, this seems really hard. So I, I, I don't know if, 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 Ben, you had any engineering reactions to, to this whole battle, but that, that whole phasing physics was just cool. Yeah, I think what's interesting to me is the fact that visions are vision visions both visions in the, in our experience they're capable both of facing themselves but also being able to face anything they touch so there's this really interesting thought to me of you know if they're fighting each other and they're able to like say phase out so that they can't hit each other so that they can get away can they like defase the other vision uh to say land that punch because they're able to control the phase level of things they're touching so the it's really weird to me to think of two visions, you know, wrestling and, you know, are they trying to push each other in and out of phase the whole time? And are they able to do that? Or are they, is there also this like mental phase battle going on too? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is, that's pretty intense, Ben. <laughs> uh, but you bring up an interesting point because I think of two things. Number one, Nightcrawler, who can teleport. And sometimes he teleports. And that's kind of in a similar way where you just, you know, you would just appear or become solid in a, in a, 
in a wall, let's say, if he, if he teleported someplace where there was, you know, inside of a wall. And it also makes me think of this board game I used to play called Hero Quest. And one of the spells you could do was you turn yourself basically into vapor and you, you have so many spaces that you can go. And if you don't get out of, you know, if you can walk through walls, but if you, if you end your turn in a wall, then you die because you then solidify yourself inside of a wall. Uh, and I think that it raises some interesting questions like that because in some ways he is turning into vapor to walk through things or I imagine imagine, at least to the layman, that's what it appears to be. And I think it does raise some very interesting questions about that. Then did you have any final words on that? Well, my, my final thought was I have to make another Star Wars reference. It always worried me that in Star Wars battles, people almost never use the force when they have it, except at odd times and usually only if they're bad guys. So I just, I just super, I, I can't emphasize as much, uh, too, I can't emphasize enough. See, I told you I had to stay calm. Um, <laughs> we almost made analytical. it. You almost made it, Denon. Um, I almost made it, but I can't emphasize enough how much I appreciated. They have a power of phasing. It's a cool power. It should be used in a battle, and they actually used it. Like So kudos to everyone there. I think that's right. I mean, I think they had to because it is his most unique power. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think they used it well. I, I completely agree. And, and I love the way Ben explained it. Uh, although it did get a little crazy there, Ben, but I think you're right on to something. I feel like the way you explained it is kind of like how a beautiful mind is, where you have this big room and all these different, like if he phases here, if he phases that, and like all these strings going everywhere. Uh, I think you're right. I think it is that complicated because you can really get down into the weeds on this. But if you're listening and you've got a solution to this, you can get in touch with us. You can try the show. We are on Twitter at FGGGBTPod. We're on Facebook at FGGGBT, but you can get in touch with us individually. Denon, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram. Just flip the name. It's at Denon Michael. And then on Facebook, you stick in a prof at Prof Denon Michael. And Ben, where can people find you? You can find me on all the major social media networks at BSeepser. How do you spell that? B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Facebook at Analytical Mastermind, and on Instagram at The Daniel J. Glenn. So just like before, if you find yourself in this alternate reality and you've got a, a, the leader, the goddess of this world, adjusting it and altering people's minds and people phasing in and out, you got to be careful. You got to know what side to be on because you want to be a superhero and not a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, if you like this show, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? The good news is we're on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you're not already on those platforms, don't worry. We've made it very easy for you. Go to our website, FGGBT.com. That's FGGBT.com, where you will find links to everything you're looking for. All the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page. Links to our social media are right there. And if you go to the top of the page, you'll see a little button that says episodes click on that and go to your favorite episode there you can find the show in its entirety you can find the links that we talked about the in real life examples that we brought to you including videos and of course we've got each episode has its own youtube video you can watch it there if you prefer and if you like this show you're gonna like everything that i do go to danieljglenn.com to find out more thank you for listening